It's one unqualified moron with a microphone. This is the previously recorded podcast, mini episode number five. Right, welcome to Previously Recorded. I am your host as always, RP, and I hope you liked that modified uh, previously recorded jingle specifically for this episode. And as always, this episode of Previously Recorded is brought to you by Totally Tees. For all your t-shirt needs, contact Jack at Totally Tees. And you guys are probably expecting our normal uh, new jingle for Previously Recorded, but this mini episode is just myself, and I, in all good faith, I can't do the jingle without my two co-hosts uh, here today. Uh, but if you need, you know, we got the summer coming up, we got Memorial Day weekend in a few months, we're all thinking summer, uh, t-shirts ready. For the beach, whatever occasion you want. Maybe a Birds of Prey style t-shirt, uh, Stranger Things Season 4. Just anything you want. Totally, Jack's your man at Totally Tees and you can get it done. We got baseball season rolling up. Uh, I'm sure you all would like to rock a nice Bryce Harper or maybe even a Joe Girardi shirt as well. Totally Tees might have that for you as well. So today's episode of Previously Recorded is our fifth mini episode. And I kind of just wanted to catch you up on what's been going on in the news, pop culture, movies, all the fun stuff we talk about here. It's been a couple crazy weeks for the guys and me. Uh, Just haven't really had time to sit down and record. It's been, life happens. So uh, I hope this is a nice substitute. And I hope you don't mind that it's just me talking to you about it. And if you do, mind, I don't know why you're still listening. So, (laughs) um... A couple of the things we're going to talk about today is obviously the new DC movie, Birds of Prey, and the one fabulous emancipation of Harley Quinn, I believe, or now it's referred to as just Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey, because that's why the box office was affected, not because people didn't have any interest in the movie. Uh, we're also going to talk about the 30 seconds of the Stranger Things teaser with a big spoiler alert at the end, <clears throat> as well as a surprising uh, review of Sonic the Hedgehog, which... Again, surprised. And a couple other things to follow on this episode of Previously Recorded. So let's just jump right in to uh, Birds of Prey. This all started when the Joker and I broke up. It was completely mutual. And soon enough, I was back on my feet, ready to embrace the fierce goddess within. Now that I cut ties with Mr. J, I'm about to learn that a lot of people yeah. want me dead. Uh. So I went and saw Birds of Prey, Open Mind. It's got great reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. Hoping to just enjoy, see an enjoyable movie. And you know what? We did. It. Um, Roberto and myself went and saw it. Uh, we both really enjoyed it. There's the plot. If you If you listen to our Joker episode where we talked about the Joker and the rest of the DCEU, we spent some time talking about the leaked, rumored Birds of Prey Prey plot, and it is absolutely nothing like what was leaked. Um, Meaning, the plot is not about a diamond, a dick pics in a diamond. So, I mean, it very easily could have been, and they did some reshoots and, and fixed it. So the actual story of Birds of Prey is that there's this diamond that has the bank account to a large fortune that uh, Black Mask is after. Black Mask and Zaz, as rumored, are not necessarily lovers, but you can kind of allude to that. Um, And they are after this diamond, but codes. And like I said, it could have easily been changed in post-production. So that rumor, for all we know, could have been true, and I think it would have been a terrible movie. But Birds of Prey ended up being pretty good. We, um, 
what I I'll just start with what ba, uh, Roberto had to say. Roberto believed that um, they tried to make the movie too much like Deadpool, but we he really did enjoy Ewan McGregor in the film. Those are his two takeaways from the film. Uh, they really do try to get away with the R-rated Deadpool uh, feel to it, and it's just fun. It's a fun movie. It's not gonna win any awards. It's not best picture worthy. None of that. It's just a fun movie for an hour and forty five minutes. Could I have done without some of it? Could it have been PG-13? Absolutely, because it's not even bloody. It's just language, which, sure, for Harley Quinn, is fine. So the movie just starts off with uh, Harley Quinn announcing to the world, basically, that her and the Joker have broken up. There is no sight of Jared Leto's Joker, which means that this is a basically a small, tiny reboot of the DC Universe, which we're going to get a full-fledged one with the Suicide Squad movie coming out as well. Um, and whatever DC's got lined up in the pipe, who knows what the fuck is going on over there. But it ended up being fun. That's all I can really say much about it. I'm not going to sit here and talk about the entire plot. It obviously had its issues. It's not a perfect movie. The tones are very... Um, should Could there have been more to Harley Quinn and the rest of the Birds of Prey, sure. Could the movie just have been focused solely on Harley Quinn and it would have still been good? Absolutely. Uh, they left a lot on the table with um, Marie, Mary Elizabeth. Uh, I forget the rest of her name. But she played the Huntress. She was awesome. She was badass. A lot of good action. That's the one thing about this movie. The action scenes are incredible. Like They are just so much fun. They are great action from what you expect from the, the top action movies. Um, and it's... Just it's just fun. That's all I can say about it, which I've said about twenty-seven times by now. Um, no big problems with it. Um, not enough black mask. That would probably be my issue. Ewan McGregor was I thought really good. He's probably not the black mask you're expecting if you are a diehard Batman fan. Um, just of the character, it's not what you're going to get. It's this egotistical, very lavish version of. Of um, Roman Sionis. Um But he shows up at the end. They just band together. Like every other team up movie. And like I said. It, it could have been better. There's a really cool action sequence. With, Har- with Harley Quinn in uh, the prison. Or in the police uh, station. Super cool. Love her. Margot Robbie. Or Roby. However you want to pronounce it. Awesome as Harley Quinn. I want to see more of her. I'm really excited to see more of her. Black Canary. Super cool, cool backstory. Could have done without uh, Renee Montoya. Uh, they, my big problem they had with the film, they brought in Cassandra Kane as a child, hated it. The Cassandra Kane that I know, which is appears in tons of different Batman titles, nothing like her. Yeah. So that's my super quick review of Birds of Prey. Go see it if you haven't. Um, that's all I got to say. On a scale of 1 to 10, I'd give it a 7, which I think is a huge step. Put it um, under Shazam, but above Aquaman. That's definitely where I would put it. Uh, I was not in any rush. I didn't see it opening night. I saw it the, that Sunday. So as you can tell, I didn't really have much to talk about it, but it was a lot of fun. We all liked it. I'm excited to see more of Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Set photos leaked from Suicide Squad. So I'm glad the decision they went with to do a soft reboot of the character, scrap that stupid-ass Joker because it's the worst Joker ever, and move forward with it. You know, hopefully DC finds the path that they're looking for. 
Because in my opinion, they've had back-to-back wins with the Joker and this. So other Batman news. Footage has surfaced of uh, Robert Pattinson in his Batman suit for the upcoming 2021 uh, film, The Batman. Uh, This movie stars a shit ton of villains. Um, The Penguin, Catwoman, Riddler, Carmine Falcone, Firefly, and Two-Face. Photos of Colin Farrell as Penguin have already leaked online. It's going off some, I believe, early 2010 Batman comics. He looks cool. It's Colin Farrell. It's going to be awesome. The Batsuit is interesting, to say the least. Um, It looks like homemade. So it looks like how it's supposed to. Batman's going to be in his, the movie, during the movie, Batman's going to be in his second year of being Batman. Um, so I assume by the end of the film, we're going to get an updated version of the suit going forward. But I am, I'm excited for this movie. I think it's going to be good. I'm ex- We've been too long without a Batman standalone film. So it's kind of surprising it's taken this long, but hopefully it'll pay off. Matt Reeves is directing, which he did a good job with uh, War of the Planet of the Apes. So I'm interested to see how it plays out. Um, Andy Serkis is in it too as Alfred. Um, but anyway, the Batsuit, kind of, like I said, homemade. They did a red tint on it, um, and it kind of made it look like Daredevil. That's everyone kind of thought. Some people thought it was a Daredevil Season 4 teaser when they saw it, actually. Um, if you look at the one shot, he's got kind of a collar, and that's why I can see why you would think um, it was kind of Daredevil lookish. And he's playing. Rob Pattinson's got a great jawline, so that looks cool. Um, one of the standout points of it too is the bat symbol, and the middle of the bat symbol looks like it's made out of a gun, you know, like a, a gun cut in half, which is from the Kevin Smith Batman comics, and it is the gun that was used to kill his parents. So I hope they that just alludes to you know what happened with Martha and Thomas Wayne that we've seen a gazillion times on film and I hope they don't even touch it they're like okay Batman Bruce Bruce's parents died okay everybody knows just like they did with Spider-Man in Spider-Man uh, Homecoming they didn't show Uncle Ben die again because we don't need to see it we've seen it a bunch of times so hopefully I really hope that we don't see it because we all know what happens they can allude to it they can talk about it whatever we even saw it in the, the freaking Joker at the end like we don't, we don't, it's done. We don't need it. One of the initial thoughts that I saw a couple people had as well as myself was that the Batsuit looked like the Arkham version, the Arkham game. Uh, Batman Arkham City, Arkham Asylum, Arkham Knight, all that. It kind of had that look to it. So I'm cool. I got nothing bad to say about it. I'm sure once I see a full-fledged, like it in action, uh, I'm sure I'll have some problems with it. But it does, it pays homage to a lot. It looks like early Detective Comics, um... Or Batman's first appearances, it kind of looks like that too. So, all in all, I said it's pretty good, and then that's my uh, excitement for the Batman. What they also hit us with last week is a Stranger Things Season 4 teaser. And spoiler alert, he's back, guys. Hopper is back. Now, they didn't show as much. They showed us that he was working in, in on the railroads in Russia. And uh, they, they come up on him. He ends up taking his hat off. He looks slimmer. He is shaven, bald. Um, and that's kind of it in the trailer cuts. I think we're expecting to see the new season around November, December of this year. 
Um, so let the fan theories begin. My one theory that I have based on Hopper directly is that he has been brainwashed by the Russians. Because, you know, at the end of season three, they said, you know, that's the American. And, you know, he's obviously in a jail cell. And I assume they're trying to get information out of him about the upside down. And maybe that they end up wiping his brain or he turns. I think that'd be kind of cool. But also, I'm so down for just normal Hopper to come back. I am surprised, though, that they did show this during a teaser. Because that's kind of like a big deal. Like, when he was gone, I thought he was gone. Like, I was like, like we said in our Stranger Things episodes, if he came back, I'm not surprised. But uh, if he's gone for good, then he's gone for good. Like, they made it seem like he was gone. They gave him a nice send-off. So I am a little bit surprised. I'm excited to see him. But narratively, maybe a little disappointed that he's back. And a couple people are speculating that maybe this is the last season. I think they have one more left because after the second season, the Duffer Brothers came out and said they have to play it for five. I'm sure Netflix will milk it for as much as they can. It's their most popular show, or one of the most popular shows. So we'll see what happens. But that is Stranger Things season four teaser that was dropped uh, last Friday. Now taking a uh, side route of what I talked about today. Also had some new music in these last couple weeks. Two of my favorite groups uh, put out new music. Um, Two weeks ago, Green Day released their album, Father of All the Motherfuckers. It's different. It's more of, if you've listened to Green Day before, it's probably not what you're expecting. If you've listened, if you're a diehard fan of Green Day like myself, they're my favorite band. I've listened to all their side project projects. They had two. They had the Foxborough Hot Tubs as a unit, and then Billy Joe Armstrong went and did a thing called with the long shots uh, that he did a side project with. And a lot of that music sounds like fifties, like rock and roll and just all different kind of sounds. And that's kind of what this album is. It's, it's short. It's 25 minutes total, two and a half minutes each song. The longest song is like three minutes and two seconds from a band that's notoriously put out like four minute songs. So it is interesting. I don't hate it. Um, I think it's just fun. It's something to dance to like, at a party like keep it going it's all upbeat and high energy so review of the album i mean out of 10 stars i'll give it six i think it's fun and if you just need some easy listening if you're at the gym throw it on my favorite song is meet me on the roof Which has a fun music video that goes along with it with Stranger Things star, the, the kid who plays Dustin. Uh, Gatton, Matins, uh, I don't know his name. But the kid who plays Dustin's in it. Uh, that's probably my favorite song from the album. The interesting thing about the album is that this is the last album on Warner Brothers' deal with Green Day. And some people have speculated that this was kind of like a fuck you to the label. Even though they've been with them for like almost 30 years. Um, they're a band that's notorious for wanting to be independent and produce their own music. So... Uh, they had one more album left on their deal, and I think they kind of just threw this together real quick. Um, Billy Joe Armstrong has alluded to that they have more music they're working on, and they said, don't be surprised if we put more out before the tour starts for the Hella Mega Tour, which is coming to Philadelphia on August 29th, I believe, which I'm going, which is Green Day headlining with uh, Weezer, Fall Out Boy, and the Interrupters. So that'll be an awesome concert, whether you're a fan of Green Day or not. They put on a hell of a good show, and their old songs are awesome. I like some of their new stuff. 
Um, I know a lot of people do not. So that is the new Green Day album. Check it out. It's fun. It's upbeat. Like I said, it's only 25 minutes of your time. It's just like watching an, an episode of The Office on Netflix. You do it no problem. Another uh, band that I really, really like, I've just discovered them recently, it's called Beach Bunny. They have a couple EPs out, but they just released their first full album, Honeymoon, on uh, last Friday, you know, Valentine's Day. And it is awesome. If you've never heard of Beach Bunny, uh, check them out. We ended our last episode with um, their song Prom Queen, which is how I discovered the band. Uh, was through that song. It might be playing on your local radio station. I'm not sure, but look it up on Spotify, Apple Music, all that stuff. Really good. Um, lyrics incredibly depressing, but they deliver this depressed these depressing songs with an upbeatness to them that if you're not really focusing can mislead you. But the song Prom Queen's about just this need to to, to fit in and hopefully does it fit this perfect image that we all have in our heads of what a popular person, quote-unquote popular person, looks like. Their music is, I think, pretty deep. It's all about emotions that most of us have dealt with growing up, what we deal with day-to-day, um, and they put a nice spin on depressing thoughts is, is kind of the best way to put it. As well as the typical deep and fun uh, love songs that most groups have. Uh, they, they just sing about, you know, feeling a lot like... We all have that feeling of feeling alone. No, are we going? Will we be loved? Uh, do how, do we look okay? Do all this other shit? And they also have some of uh, some upbeat stuff. But it's a just a nice deep band that is kind of like emo pop punky, but like it has the a pop beat. Like it's it's hard to explain when you listen to their music. You understand them. They they have a soft tone. I really just truly love them. I think they are a great band. I think they're an up and coming band. And I'm going to say, you heard it here first, guys. Beach Bunny on previously recorded. Check them out. The new album, Honeymoon, is out. Really, really good. Um, and like I said, I think I think most of us can relate to a lot to what they have in a lot of their songs. That some music now, today, doesn't have. Um, like we talked about in our second mini-episode with James about, you know, the, the is Bohemian Rhapsody the, the greatest song of all time? We took a deeper dive into music and just looked at music as a whole and... The, the stuff that's put out today, it a lot of it is just nonsense. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun to listen to, fun to work out to. But at the soul of music is about the soul and about your emotions. And there's a, I truly believe there's a song for almost every second of your day with that can match how you're feeling. And to me, that's what music is and yada, yada, blah, 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 blah. But check them out. Beach Bunny. Beach Bunny. down this mini episode we're going to jump into something that surprised the shit out of me and i truly truly enjoyed it uh with our past guest audra we went and saw sonic the hedgehog i'm sonic a little ball of super energy in an extremely handsome package on my planet people were always after my powers so i came to yours it gets a little lonely but that's okay I am living my best life on Earth. 
Sound like the Hedgehog is about a hedgehog from another planet that it comes to Earth to seek uh, safety after being attacked on his home planet. Until Sonic is discovered and, you know, is forced to flee for his life again but from Dr. Robotnik and the U.S. government. Dr. Robotnik is played by the wonderful Jim Carrey. And Jim Carrey is in tip-top prime form. Man, let me tell you, this is his best movie in years. Uh, he's amazing at it. A lot of fun. This movie is not like a best picture worthy movie, but it's a good family fun movie. Just if you grew up playing the games, you're going to enjoy it. I'm glad that they took the four months of CGI to fix or three months, whatever long it took because that initial trailer that came out, Sonic was scary as fuck. Like he did not, I just, it was awful. So I heard good things about it. It's currently got like a 63 on Rotten Tomatoes, which is pretty good. Um, for a movie about based on a video game, and it ended up having the largest opening of a video game of all time. Um, it was really good. J- James Marston was in it as well, and Ben Schwartz, uh, popular as John Ralphio in Parks and Rec, starred in the film as well. And it was just a lot of fun, um, a lot of jokes. Uh, it, it had it literally had no business being a good movie, and it was. And I really think it's good for all ages. Like, I am 25, and I really enjoyed it again. Some of it might be nostalgia, just growing up on Sonic and playing Sonic for hours. But there were other kids in the theater that were laughing and enjoying it. It's just a good time. It really is just a good time at the at the movies. Um, and that's kind of all I got to say on it, but I was really surprised how much I liked it. And that is my recommendation. I'd give it uh, probably an 8 out of 10 on the previously recorded scale. Um, and highly, re- highly recommend it. I would recommend it over Birds of Prey. So yeah, there's not really much to talk about about the film. It's just, it's just kind of a straightforward plot. Um, Sonic's on the run from Robotnik. He's got to beat Robotnik. There's some cool throwbacks to the game in terms of how Sonic, uh, you know, fights and interacts, and um, some new takes of the game as well. Like they gave the rings purpose. You know, in the game when you got to collect the rings. In the movie, the rings are they can transport you to other worlds. And it's cool. It's not cheesy the way that they do it. You totally believe it. You're sucked into the, the world that they create right in front of you. Um, and I get, like I said, that's why I gave it an 8 out of 10. Highly recommend it. Excited for the sequels. Excited for what Jim Carrey will do in the sequels because he was definitely the shining star of this movie like he is with most of the shit he does. Uh, he was just prime form. And that's all I got to say about Sonic the Hedgehog. So... I, over the weekend, decided to invest in Apple TV+. Plus. When this was announced, I said, no way in hell am I paying $5 again for more TV programs from Apple. None of it looks incredibly enticing. I don't need to watch it. I'm not missing out on much. Then, the Always Sunny team decided that they were going to put a show about video games on uh, Apple TV+. Plus called Mythic Quest, Raven's Banquet. And it follows, you know, a team of six people that are like the heads of this video game company. Uh, they are in a, It's an incredibly successful game. And it's about them releasing this, this, this patch to the game called Raven's, Bank, Raven's Banquet. And there's just the ridiculous shit. The first episode's about a shovel. And you are sucked in immediately. You love these characters immediately. You are laughing and it's just a really good TV show. It's definitely worth the five, the four ninety nine a month for Apple TV Plus. Uh, I can't. I'm halfway through the season. 
there was actually like a really nice heartfelt episode thrown in the middle, uh, kind of about the rise and fall of uh, video games, of a video game uh, kind of brand. It's a, this this type of game that what happens when um, kind of do you abandon the passion of the game and kind of go for more money grabs and um, how hard it is to maintain a vision with video games, uh, with the story that you're telling. So I highly, highly recommend that. That is my pick of the week, Mythic Quest, um, Raven's Banquet on Apple TV+. Plus. Worth it. Maybe if you're a good binger, you get the week free, the seven-day trial for free, and you bang it out then and you're good. Um, there's also another show on there um, called The Morning Show, which I'm sure you guys have heard about. Jennifer Aniston's won an award for her role in it. A couple episodes into that and really enjoying it as well. Not what I expected at all. It's more serious than, than comedy. Um, actually, there's like really no comedy to it at all. It's, it's a straight up drama. And there's another show on there called C with Jason Momoa, Aquaman himself, um, that I probably will check out uh, at some point. So yeah, that is my pick of the week. Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet on Apple TV+. Plus. So now we've come to the time of the episode where we do our crumb bum of the week. I want to fight you. Why is that? Because you're a crumb creep, lush coward. You don't even know me, Mayor. You are a lush, I can tell by looking at you. So our crumb bum of the week is Cleveland Browns defensive end, Miles fucking Garrett, once again. Now, some of you may know that I am a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers and a while back on, I think it was the November 14th game, the Pittsburgh Steelers played the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland, and about two seconds left in the game. In the game, Miles Garrett drives Mason Rudolph to the ground. No reason for it. Miles Garrett does try somewhat to pull off Miles Garrett's helmet, allegedly. You know, not, not alleged. Sorry, not allegedly. Right, you know, and Miles gets upset, rightfully so. This proceeds for Miles to rip off. Uh, Mason Rudolph's own helmet, a man that is much smaller than him, and beat him over the head with it. Now, I'm not going to be extreme about it, but he could have really, really hurt Mason Rudolph, which, to be completely frank, as a Steelers fan, I wish no harm to anybody, but if he would have put him on the injured reserve with non-serious injuries, that would have been fine with me because the dude stinks. That being said, though, the NFL investigated it, um, but before that happened, after the end of the game, Miles Garrett even apologized to Mason Rudolph for the incident. Um, nothing came of this. And then a couple days later, go by, Miles Garrett claims that race, uh, Mason Rudolph used a racial slur, called him a stupid N-word, um, which, if it was true, would be incredibly insulting and, honestly, reason to suspend uh, Mason Rudolph indefinitely but what happened is why would Mason why would Miles Garrett have apologized to Mason Rudolph if he really said that there's no reason to apologize to him at all uh, Mason Rudolph should have been the one issuing the apology when it was after the game uh, no, nobody knew about it nobody heard about it nobody brought it up the NFL has tons of microphones on the field, they investigated it. It did not happen. There's no reason. To, there's no reason for the Steelers to cover up, cover up Mason Rudolph. He's a second-year player. Doesn't matter. He stinks. Cut him. Uh, so when Miles Garrett was reinstated, he went on ESPN. ESPN gave him the platform and not made, and didn't even 
give Mason Rudolph a platform. I understand this is how media works, but if you're going to do it, show both sides, especially the man who don't victimize Miles Garrett when he's the one assaulting other p- players with uh, w- just assaulting other players. Um, some people have come out and claimed that it's not in Miles' character to do that when there was three clear incidents. One uh, against, I think it was Trevor Simeon of the Jets. He drove him to the ground, injured him, uh, punched uh, Delaney Walker in the face, and then Miles uh, Mason Rudolph, the Mason Rudolph incident. Now, uh, I'm not biased as a Steelers fan. I'm just coming out saying it. Mike Tomlin came out and defended Mason Rudolph. Mike Tomlin doesn't waste time on things that are not football. Rarely he does. He came out and made a statement and then even went on ESPN first first take and called out ESPN for how they handled the situation and for not giving Mason Rudolph a fair platform. Regardless of it, I'm not venting because it's a Steelers fan. I'm not calling him the crumb bum of the week because I'm a Steelers fan. I'm calling him a crumb bum of the week because this is an incredibly shitty thing to do. To make a mistake like Miles did, and if he would just came out and owned it up, people can understand that. I understand that he made a mistake. His emotions got the best of him. That makes sense. He was heated, whatever. But to come out and say it was over racial things in an incredibly intense culture that we live in today um, in America, where a comment like that, uh, an accusation like that, is not only destroying someone's character, but potentially ruining their career. And if he said it, then to hell with him. That's incredibly uh, insensitive, uncultured, and a garbage thing to do. But to just throw that in the man's face and, and use that as an excuse to make yourself look better, that's just messed up. And I just it just irks me to no end that there's people that believe Miles Garrett. And if you want to believe him, that is fine. Teach his own. But when the facts are there, and I guess this is, you know, to most people it doesn't bother them. I am a Steelers fan. It happened to somebody on the, the team that I like. It's just infuriating, and I just hate to say it. But that is a real crumb bum thing to do. Uh, so that is why Miles Garrett is our crumb bum of the week, and I hope it goes away. So thank you for listening to my crumb bum of the week rant. It's not uh, a typical crumb bum that we have where it's a laughable situation. It's just something that I thought is pretty crummy and worthy of the crumb bum of the week as uh, Miles Garrett. Um, so we do have more randomness to come to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed our last episode, which is the most random thing I've ever been a part of in my entire life from a structured standpoint as host of this podcast. Because typically we keep things pretty well. I try to until it gets derailed. Um, I decided to cave and give in and we had a pretty funny episode and I hope everyone liked it. Um, but I promise there is more previously recorded to come in 2020. We just up, we just renewed our lease I guess you want to call it our subscription with SoundCloud to continue to produce podcasts. Um, and I, we enjoy doing this. We love bringing to the 60 people that listen our opinions every, uh, every other week, hopefully every month. Um, and I just hope that you guys enjoy it as much as we do. Um, all your comments are great. We love them. We even have a website now it is previously r.wixsite.com. I'll post it on all of our social media pages, but uh, check it out there. It was made wonderfully by our wonderful uh, marketing, uh, the graphic design, anything you can think of title for uh, Audra. She's the best at it. So uh, if you need any, if you need a website design, reach out to her. Um, but feel free to leave us um, a comment, 
like like and subscribe to all of our pages um, on whatever podcast app you listen to. It's really, really appreciated. And, um, but yeah, hope you enjoyed this mini episode. And we'll see you next time.